welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. I am so glad you are here. Today's episode is a really soothing, juicy, loving episode with the one and only Lindsay Simic. I'm so excited to have Lindsay on the podcast because since I was first introduced to her work on the Almost 30 podcast, I fell in love with her energy and we found out we have a mutual friend in common. Shout out to Afia, who has also been on the podcast before and I'll link her show in the show notes. And I am so excited to have Lindsay on the podcast. In our discussion today, Lindsay shares with us what trusting her body's wisdom gets to look like, especially as she's entering this new phase of being a mother and being pregnant. We also discuss what it means to be authentic and in integrity on social media and how Lindsay discerns what to share publicly and privately which to me is a really interesting concept because there's so much that we, and I say we as in our culture, just like want to share and blast online and really thinking about why. Why are we sharing? Are we sharing just to update our profile grids? Are we sharing for a particular intention? And how important it is to be intentional with how we share. So we talk about so much more as well. Creativity, spirituality, death, rebirth. Ugh, this episode is just so great. And as you will hear, Lindsay's voice is so soothing and just allows us to all slow down amid the hustle and bustle of our modern day world to tune in and to get centered. So let's settle in together, get cozy, and let's get centered. Lindsay, welcome to the Center in the City podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you because you are like one of my girl crushes online. And then to find out we have a mutual friend in common. And then for these worlds to collide, it just feels, um, my heart feels really grateful and and open. I want to kick us off by having you share what's one of your favorite and current centering practices, whatever that means to you. Yeah, I love this question. I think it's definitely been a process of trying things over the years because I've felt incredibly um, uncentered in recent seasons of my life. But what I always come back to, and especially as I'm moving through this season of like pregnancy and becoming a mom is connecting with my body. My body has, and really all of our bodies have this just innate intelligence. We are born with it, but, you know, through programming and just the way we were brought up and yeah, just various influences. I think we are kind of taught in a way not to trust our bodies. And if you were taught that, amazing, but I don't think that you're the majority. Um, and so my centering practice with my body as of late, 
um, is really, really simple. It's not overcomplicated. I don't have 10, 15 steps to it. Um, it's really being able to sit in stillness with my body. So it might look like a meditation, but really it is connecting with my breath, laying my hands on my body, and just being open to having a conversation with it. I think that I, along with I'm sure a lot of your listeners, are quite busy day to day. Lots to get done, lots to do, lots to achieve. And in that busyness, there's a lot of um, noise and it's really hard to hear the body in that noise. So if I can even just take five minutes and breathe with my body um, and just listen, there's usually some uh, just immediate downloads and knowings that come through that help me to then practically make decisions that will benefit not only my health, but my mental health, my emotional health. And that ideally makes me feel more centered um, because I'm going in for the answers rather than seeking outside of myself, uh, which has traditionally very much uncentered me. So it's that connection with your body, you know, and I think, you know, we can just begin by becoming aware. I don't think we need to overcomplicate it, but becoming aware of any signals or messages that your body might be sending you is a great place to start. I love everything you just shared because your first sentence of, you know, I'm usually not centered and it's like, I am not centered all the time and that is one of my missions in life with centered in the city and these practices that I share in the community and the platform because life is hard there is so much external noise and so I love that practice that you just simplify of slowing it down getting quiet as you can to listen inwards listen to the insights the wisdom of your body and I hear you on that not trusting piece with the body. Uh, I definitely grew up trusting my body, learning that from my mother. However, when I was diagnosed with cancer is a place where I started not trusting myself and my body. And that was a whole journey to reconnect and retrust and listen and learn signals and, and its own language. Like the body has its own language. And so it takes some time to decode that. So thank you for beautifully like naming that practice for us. Mm, yeah, the oftentimes when, you know, when our bodies seemingly are working against us, like with, you know, like with your cancer diagnosis, that can be an initial reaction where there's confusion and frustration and, you know, what did I do to deserve that? You know, it's like this immediate battle with the body. And, you know, I, you know, I don't know what that feels like to the extent that you experienced it, though, you know, on a very much lesser intensity, I've had those moments, like I had very intense cystic acne at some one point or another, and I would just like go to battle with my face every day, like just so sad and frustrated. And I would just 
pick at it and I would, um, yeah, just feel like my body wasn't something I could trust. And I was just trying to quick fix it and cover it up and not really face the messages that my skin was trying to send to me um, about the inflammation in my body, where that was coming from both emotionally and nourishment wise and activity and lifestyle wise. So um, yeah, it's, it's a choice and it's, we're meant to kind of go on that journey of resistance, of frustration, of being disconnected in order to get into right relationship. We can't just jump to right relationship. You know, it is just like a relationship with a partner or a friend or a family member. Like it, it is a process. How did you learn to listen to the signs and signals of your body, especially as you're noticing it's shifting and changing as, you know, you start to grow this life form inside of you? Yeah, so much physical change with pregnancy. And I, I think what helped me most was to notice what my mind was saying about it first and be very honest about whether what my mind was saying about it was true or not true based in fear or based in, you know, I'll just say love. Um, and what I noticed was that my mind had a lot to say about it. And so much of what my mind had a lot to say about it was based in, um, yeah, fear of change, fear of Mm, fear of like things that I've experienced in the past and feeling like it was being recreated now and um, fear of the unknown, I think for me has been a big one. Um, and so in those moments, I've really had to understand like the the function of the mind. The mind is there, you know, to protect us in a lot of ways, like stay comfortable, stay where you are. Like, don't overcomplicate things. Don't take risks. Like we got to keep you safe. And if I were to lean into the unknown and not have things figured out, my mind was like, oof, like, no, we don't, we don't do that. We absolutely don't do that. You need a post-pregnancy plan to get your body back and you need to da 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 right? And what I realized was that um, I didn't feel, um, my mind was very much separate than what my soul really wanted to experience through this pregnancy and into motherhood and in this like changing relationship with my body. And so I just made the choice to notice my mind, but not necessarily always believe what it was saying. Um, and so that has brought me to this place of just really being fully accepting of what's to come, not needing to know how it's going to turn out and not needing to control it. And my therapist said something to me when I was talking to her about like, like, what if my body won't? ever be the same. Like, what does that mean? Like I've really become so identified with like having a nice body and like all these things. And she's like, you will never be the same. Like the truth is you will never 
be the same after this. You might get aesthetically a body back that you love, but on like a, an energetic level and a cellular level, you will never, ever, ever be the same. So you can't even use the same templates that you've been using. And so that put into perspective, like my tendency to like really attach to what was and try to get it back. And um, now I'm feeling much more fluid and excited about like all the things that I can't control and I don't know and that are kind of on the horizon. Um, and it's something I've, I'm trying on and it feels really good. It feels really, really good. And I didn't expect it to, but I, I think many of us don't allow ourselves to get to that point. We kind of stop before we allow ourselves to really lean in and we're like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather do what I know. I'd rather control as much as yes. I can control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting because without even being pregnant, like every day our cells are dying and new cells are rebirthing. And yet we stay, and I say we as in just human conditioning, we stay in this autopilot reaction. We have to do the same thing every day. And that is something that I'm always passionate about practicing myself and also sharing with my clients around stay curious because what works for us one day isn't necessarily what works for us the next day what what we eat for breakfast one day isn't necessarily what our body wants and needs for breakfast then the next day you know strengthening this mindfulness muscle this ability to be present and aware and curious how that keeps us connected to the wisdom of our body to those insights so that we can move and be and, and learn with ourselves moment to moment versus be in this control state of this is always how life should go. And, and believe me, like my hands white knuckle and grip to life very much. So, and this is a constant <laughs> practice for me of like letting go and just being like, huh, like what is this moment want of me? Yeah, it's one of like the most challenging yet rewarding spiritual practices is that practice of just letting go and surrendering and being unattached. Um, it is, it's a total death, <laughs> you know, like I think when we're attached to something, we can identify, we can feel alive or validated. And then it's like to let go, what does that even mean? And so um, I understand why it's really scary. Yeah. It, and this point of life that you're in right now, as your therapist was saying, like, you will never be the same once you give birth to this life and you take on this whole new role of, of being mother and what that means to you. What has been your process of, in this transition space of exploring and mourning who you are, who you were, and also like where you're going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recently recorded a solo episode where I was kind of processing this in real time and got really emotional because I didn't expect to. But there is that part of me that has been in just this very long period of achievement of like 
let me show what I can do and produce and create and who I can be out there in the world. And it's all felt really good. And most of it has felt super fulfilling. And, um, and, you know, I'm entering into this new season and ultimately this like new identity of being a mother and into motherhood that I've felt for a long time is like one of my greatest purposes in life. And it's, that sounds really nice. And (laughs) I think my mind has a lot to say about like what that means about all the other things, you know, and I'm just, I'm just kind of standing back in awe at it right now and not trying to say like, okay, mind, like you're not (laughs) or having any thought about what it has to say and just being like, oh, wow, like I've identified so deeply with this overachievement for so long. And now I'm stepping into a role, an identity that won't necessarily get the same type of validation, like public validation, um, financial validation, like all the things in the traditional sense. And I'm just so in awe of the parts of me that will have to die and surrender and kind of be shed through this process. Um, you know, and I don't think it means that I don't do the things that I've done, right? It's not that the podcast dies and I'm not, you know, anything like that, but there is going to be, I'm on the precipice of a profound shift. And the truth is I don't want to do what I've always done. You know, I, I do want to allow the new to like really transform me for the better. And I think there are parts of me that want to die, that are ready to die. The part of me that's, um, yeah, hyper consumed with what I'm creating next or super concerned with like how other people feel about it. You know, that people pleaser in me, like she's ready to go. I'm ready to let her go. And so in this kind of shedding season, like that will be things that I just lay down, you know, and that excites me, you know, because (laughs) they've served their purpose for a reason and a season, but I'm really moving on to a new experience where I know that putting those things down will not only serve me, but serve my children, my family and future creations that want to come through that couldn't come through before I stepped into motherhood. I so appreciate you naming that because in my journal practice this morning, I was like, allow me to surrender these like thoughts and beliefs that are no longer serving me, like just feeling so sick and tired of the same loops that I'm getting in and like so ready to shed those beliefs. I think it's really important to just recognize that that we don't need to like shame ourselves for those, for being there. Cause as you beautifully said, like they serve a purpose, they've been there. And there's also a cycle and a season that 
we can let go of them and create space for newness. And just to have the intention to let them go. I don't know when they're going to be let go, right? I don't know how I'm going to shed them. But just even that practice of trusting that they're already in the composting process because I'm conscious of them and because Mm -hmm. I'm choosing to let it go holds a lot of power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the awareness is everything. I'm curious, you know, you – I don't want to say like – held back your pregnancy news from social media but you know you consciously chose to not share your pregnancy journey until later in your baby growth and I love that for you like because and not that my opinion really matters here but just like I love that you were authentic to you like that to me was so inspiring as as a follower to witness and see and I'd love to hear What is your relationship to social media these days and how do you use it in a way that feels authentic and doesn't taint your spiritual creative practices? Yeah, it's a great question and it's definitely evolved. You know, I think I've been in seasons and relationship with social media where I was sharing a ton, you know, I was sharing just about everything and that was years and years ago. And I felt at the time that that was what I had to do in order to, yeah, get the likes, to be honest. And it also felt good at times, you know, it felt good to share and process in real time and, and have people relate, you know, it it did feel good. And my intention was, was always pretty pure in that sense. Um, And then, yeah, I think what it felt like over time was a leakiness energetically where I was sharing so much, but not really processing anything. (laughs) And I decided that that wasn't in service the way I wanted to be in service online. I didn't want to be pro I didn't want to be like just kind of vomiting things in real time. And though that works for a lot of people, it just didn't feel in integrity to me. And it also didn't support me in my process. Like it was bypassing what I really needed to process on my own or with my therapist or even have conversations with people that I really cared about what I found really interesting and heartbreaking was that I was sharing things online that I should have been in conversation with the people that I was closest to first. They were finding things out online. It just created this weird disconnect and rift rift with the people that I cared about a lot. And so I had to just like get honest with myself about what was working and what was not working in that sense. And so naturally I just became a little bit more private Um, and I wanted to be able to process things before sharing them. So became more private, but then also made that choice that if I were to share things that were personal, I wanted to be a little bit more processed. And then um, when I reconnected with Sean, my now husband, you know, 
I have to remember that I, I have a life online and a presence online that not everyone has relates to or wants, you know, and he's been super supportive and he's also incredibly private. So it felt really good to me to again, reevaluate my relationship with social media especially as it relates to sharing about our relationship, our milestones, and it's just made my life so much more sacred. And, you know, I will get feedback from people that are like, oh, I want you to share this or like, oh, like, you know, always out of love, but it's like, please share more, please. Like we want more of this. And, um, I've just kind of had to hold that boundary and it's, it's something that I know not everyone will understand or support. And it's not always the thing that's going to make me more money or get me more partnerships or get more clicks or likes or whatever. But I'm okay with that because it's created an intimacy in my personal life with friends, family, with my husband that is truly priceless. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. And then when it comes to this pregnancy, I mean, I decided a long time ago, I was like, I am not going to be sharing for a while um, because this is our first experience with this. Like, I really wanted to be so present for this time. And so I held it out as long as I could. Um, about seven and a half months, I think, or almost eight. And... Yeah, I just, I'm so proud of myself, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself. And it's a very non-traditional approach. Like I'm going to be sharing my experience um, because I've I've kept journals and videos and pictures and all these things. I'll be sharing after baby is here. And um, who knows how people will take it or, you know, whatever, but that's just what I wanted to do. And I've been able to, really be in this experience without feeling the pressure to share in real time. Mm, mm -hmm. I can relate to your husband being very private because my husband is as well. And we've had like some arguments or intense discussions around yeah. how, you know, do a, we balance our relationship and my value of being authentic and also sharing what, comes up and yes. wanting it to be like a learning process, not only for me, but for my community. And, you know, I'm very much like driven about like using my pain for purpose and not just pain, but my, you know, joy, everything that I'm, I'm noticing and paying attention to and hopes it can help others. My husband, and I have this process where like, I have to ask his permission if I can like post a photo of us mm -hmm. or of him. And I've asked him to come on the podcast and he is like, maybe for your two, 200th episode, you know, like he keeps like pushing the number up. He was like, maybe for your 150th, maybe for your 200th. Um, because I feel like there is a lot of like curiosity, but yeah, it's such a balance of what's sacred. And because it's true, there is a like, if I share this, does it lose 
it's magic. And sometimes I feel like, no, like sometimes I feel like it, mm-hmm. it becomes like more abundant. Like we all get to kind of learn from this. And sometimes, yeah, there's that like, uh, this feels maybe like too much of like vulnerability yes. hangover feeling. Always have to check our intention. Like I have to check myself all the time when I share online, whether it's having to do with my husband or not. It's like, what's my intention in sharing this? And you got to be honest with yourself because sometimes the intention is like, I actually think this story would get a lot of use. (laughs) And it's like, is that bad or not? I don't know. But like, I think the clarity of the intention and then also if it has to do with like more personal private things, like is the way in which I'm sharing this in integrity and is the intention centered in love, not ego or um fear or anything like that or the need for something but yeah I really relate I mean I also think to you know just to this point of figuring out how to navigate this with your partner and I, I think a lot of people deal with this I really do like I think there's usually one partner that's a little like uh, <laughs> I don't feel as comfortable they, and they either speak up or not but I think what it's provided me and I'm curious how you've Um, experience this, but it's provided me an opportunity to stand by forms of expression that feel really good and on purpose for me. So if sharing part of our story feels like it's going to help a lot of people, you know, I want to be able to communicate that, communicate that with my partner so that they can understand where I'm coming from and maybe their mind will change and maybe they'll have a different perspective. But I've been, you know, in the beginning, I'd be like, okay, like I won't, it's fine. But that's not really leaning into like what's here. What's here is an opportunity to like understand one another. And Sean's come a a long way, you know. Um, I feel like the more that I own how I want to express and the more that I owned I own the authenticity that I want to express with, he feels that and he feels safer to be a part of that, if that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I used to be like, can I post this? And he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, fine. You know, like get like huffy, puffy about it. And then when I would share with him more of my like, hey, I feel like this is would be helpful or like, Hey, I'm processing this with this. Like, is this, you know, like I would get more of a buy-in some of the time, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I've actually gotten some feedback recently from some other family members of like, why this is, you know, kind of what I alluded to in the beginning of like practicing staying centered. I teach what I need most. That is part of the journey. And me sharing these practices, not because I'm like the perfect person with these, it's because I'm constantly learning them and choosing them. And sometimes I don't choose them. I let my reactivity win or I let my emotional swings take over. And Yet then there's always that practice to come back to center again and again and again. That discernment of like, what do we share on social media? What do we make public? Like I try to be really conscious to share the pain and the beauty. Mm -hmm. So that's not just all this facade. Yeah. And I think, you know, I encourage everyone 
who has has a platform, which is a lot of people, if you have Instagram, you have a platform to really own that choice. You know, I have friends who make a conscious choice not to share the pain on Instagram. And that's a conscious choice where they're like, you know, what? I want this to be a place where I share this and that's kind of my intention and that's what I want to do. And I respect it, you know, it's like, and for you to share the pain and the beauty, like, I love that, you know, and I don't think there's like a one size fits all or like a formula for this. I just think that we really need to own how we show up. And sometimes when we show up, it's like totally out of integrity and we need to own that as well. Um, so yeah, that was a tangent, but just need no, to go ahead. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'm curious for you in this time of new creative expression, how do you blend your spiritual and your creative practices together? Because it, it sounds like they are very much intertwined for you, but correct me if that doesn't resonate. Yeah, I think my my creativity is a spiritual practice for sure. Um, and I think it can be for anyone. I just think what we're, what we come up against when we approach our creativity now is the part of us that thinks that, well, we need to show it to the world. We need to monetize it. We need to make it a business. It needs to be legitimate. It has to make sense. Our family and friends have to validate it or um, approve of it. Um, it has to be worth our time and our money and our time investment. So, so many things come up around creativity that didn't come up when we were like six years old doing something creative, you know, in the sandbox or, you know, making a finger paint, finger paint. I was literally <laughs> going to say finger paint. Yes. And, um, so I, I really reconnect with her a lot because Adult Lindsay has a lot to say about the creative process. And every time she sits down to sing or write or what have you, I, yeah, I want to remember why creativity is so vital to being human, so vital for our health, so vital for our soul. Um, the Creative Act by Rick Rubin has become just my bedside staple and I will probably read it for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, I haven't even finished it because I'm like, I don't want to finish it. So um, I'll just begin again when I do. But it has really simplified and put into words so many of my feelings about my creativity and how I want to reapproach it and how I want to be in right relationship with it. Um, and how badly I want to relinquish this pressure I put on myself to make sense of what I want to create and make money from what I want to create and make a business out of what I, it's like, none of those things are inherently wrong. However, if we put those things on the creativity as we're doing it, it just distorts it. Um, so all that to say it has been a spiritual practice of mine to connect with how I want to be creative on any given day. And it's really hard not to um, bring my phone out and like record myself like playing with my loop machine and singing like because I could put it on Instagram later. It's really hard not to 
layer on all of these things as I'm in this process. But that was the practice. And so I've just been showing up and singing and writing for no other purpose than to just honestly center myself in joy and like what feels like me in the moment. Um, and so I often encourage people, I just coached someone for six weeks on their creative process. And I encourage people to actually double down on some things creatively that make no sense to what their long-term goal is. And that could mean like, you know, painting every morning or drawing when in reality you want to become like, uh, you know, a, a videographer who shoots for whatever, like doing things creatively by proxy just sends this really strong signal to the universe. Like I'm a creator, period. I am a creator. And so you prove to yourself in these little moments that like you can be fully present for your creativity. And oftentimes those activities as well inspire you in the lane that you really want to pursue something perhaps for your career. So it's, yeah, it becomes a lifestyle. Mm. And it sounds like connecting back to that pure intention of just create for expression, not for that like end goal mind of like, how am I going to use this? How, how am I going to make this word blank, but just to do it for the act of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights with us. Where can people stay connected to your creative expression and projects? Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate you. And I love your platform, especially someone who's lived in so many cities and has felt like just the intensity and also like the beautiful collaboration that waits within a, a buzzing city. So where can people find me on Instagram at Lindsay Simsick? I'm currently relaunching my personal brand. They can stay tuned through my Instagram on that and what exactly that URL will be <laughs> come 2024, top of 2024. And you can listen to the Almost 30 podcast anywhere you listened to pods. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Center in the City podcast. I welcome you to let all of this goodness just settle in your body in your cells for a moment and think about your biggest takeaway what are you learning about yourself about your life that you maybe want to integrate that you want to do differently or that you have some sort of aha or dots connected in a new way and want to take that awareness into your life somehow this is your time to pause and reflect and connect. Maybe you even feel inspired to share this episode with a friend and share your takeaway with them and allow each other to connect through this meaningful conversation and reflection space. Thank you so much for being here. And if you feel inspired, please rate and review this podcast. It helps this podcast get into more hearts, minds, and earbuds. 
Until next time, stay centered.